You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Steven. I'm Brett. And we are the, the Broadway, Broadway Husbands. Husbands. We're just an all-American married couple making their living in the arts and pursuing a growing family. On the Broadway Husbands podcast, we offer advice from our ordinary lives under extraordinary circumstances. We are living proof that you can love who you love and love what you do. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss our weekly episodes. And if you really love us, make sure you leave a review on whatever podcast network you listen to us on. Take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at Broadway Husbands. Also, we want to say we are proud members of the Broadway Podcast Network. If you haven't checked out BPN's website, they have all kinds of really cool stuff happening for people who are fanatics of Broadway like us. And if you want to help make a difference during this COVID crisis right now, we are raising money for the Actors Fund with our apparel line called Broadway Life Apparel. So check out broadwaylifeapparel.com and make a purchase to help make a difference for people in the arts who are deeply affected by what's happening right now. Now, on to episode 20. 20. Oh my goodness. I can't believe it's already episode 20. What? what? Like a lot of time. <laughs> it hasn't taken us that long to get to 20, but it feels like a lot has happened in 20 episodes <laughs> in the world. But we are really excited today. We have a guest. Our guest today is Carlos Brandt. Welcome to the podcast, Carlos. Guys, thank you so much for inviting me. It's an honor, a pleasure, uh, and we should do this not just one time, two times, more often, anytime. Honor to be yeah. here. I yeah. agree, Carlos. We usually like to let our guests tell our audience who they are and what they do because it's so much more interesting to hear you talk about your passions and the things that drive you. Um, so can you tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what it is you do? Well, uh, first of all, I'm a journalist, and my name is Carlos Brand, and I I found an outlet on social media to showcase what I do, my work, what I feel passionate about, and and since a few years ago, I started to build this quotes platform to actually um, made a window of things that can portray beyond my life and in the, in that sense we can talk about lgbtq stuff etc and then i moved to new york uh I'm, I'm coming from spain so that's why this cute accent that i that you can hear right now um <laughs> sofia vergara's accent uh so i came from spain and then once i hit new york i started to work with uh rupaul's drag race work the world tour i was working with the productions so, and i get involved with the community with the drag community itself and then I figured out and I said, I, I'm not an actor like you guys. I'm not in Broadway like you guys. I don't sing. Uh, I sing very bad on shower, typical cliche. Um, so what I can do, because I have no idea. And you are in New York. You're in the city. Like everyone is an actor. Everyone wants to make it in Broadway. Everyone sings. Um, and I'm not, sadly. I all the time say that if I can sing, I will be a pop star. But I'm not. So going back to the point, I said, well, I'm a journalist and I love to ask questions and talk and meet people, you know, and connect with people. And that's why I I build a career on social media, working with clients and working with local brands to create their content in a branding way, but also find my way through that process 
in terms of my own voice and actually be a more advocate to LGBTQ plus causes and, and, and organizations. And I found a really good um, way to canalize that. And so you do that through your podcast called Dear, Dear Queer People? Yes, I do that. Uh, well, Dear Queer People was an idea to actually let my mind speak and let myself go. It was a way of therapy for me as well to put information out there because one thing that I realized when I get to New York it was um, facing a gay community, not the other letters, a gay community specifically, when with a lot of stereotypes, a lot of labels, and a lot of perceived that I have no clue about. Like, I don't know, um, hooking up, open relationships, um, and, and, and circuit parties, and a bunch of culture that I wasn't exposed to that back in Europe, you know? Um, so I saw myself asking a lot of questions, like, hey, how's this work? Hey, um, where I can find a therapist? And then also in the process to find your choosing family or your network or your your friends, your anchors, that also took time. So I, in a way of actually do something, like I said, I'm not an actor. I said, you know what? Let's just start a podcast. Back in Madrid, I used to have um, um, shows on radio, very related with music, but I never explored that journalist part about it. Uh, so I thought that it would be a really good idea for me to just speak my mind. And then through the process of creating the podcast and interviewing more people and bringing more people, I wanted to actually connect more with them, understand their process, understand their stories. And I realized that there's so many stories to put out there. And you guys, for example, are doing this and doing that with your platform, with this podcast, because you guys are portraying yourself as well, your relationship, um, your careers. And showcasing that and giving the opportunity, like people like me, to actually someone knows now about me or now. So I want to showcase that with dear queer people. And I put that name because we're talking to our queer community. Um, I could just complain and say, yeah, the straight people never going to understand this and, 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 and complain about society itself. But actually, us as a community, we don't have a clue sometimes. And that's okay. But we need to also be okay to all information and know more, you know? Uh, so that's why I, I, I start to bring people that can be interesting and inspiring. I, I, I start to bring, of course, with my background from Drag Race, I invite a few of the, of, the, of the queens that participate in the show, but also transgender people or non-binary people or fluid people. Uh, they can speak their mind and we can talk about sex, about shame, about relationships, about um, representation, about Broadway and how, what is, what does it feel to be queer in Broadway and, and, and the struggles to actually get to the point just because of queer. So that's kind of like what I wanted to do. What, um, I guess my first question that comes to, <laughs> comes to my brain quickly is what is like the biggest difference between or the biggest difference culturally that you noticed um, in the queer culture um, different from Spain or Europe um, in the United States? Like what was the first thing that you noticed in the U.S. that was like hugely different that you noticed first? Um, I believe that there's a sense of pride 
and there's a sense of pride in people, especially in New York, for for sure. When it comes with the with the with the gay community or the LGBTQ plus community, it's a sense of oh, I, I'm here. This is who I am, and period. You like it or not, you know. And you can also be sometimes you can be a douchey or you can not be, but they are just very firm of who they are, you know. And of course, we're living in a city like New York that has so much history, and 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 it was the the, the city that just get birth to pride itself and to the celebration and that but actually the city that allow us to fight back for our rights so there was a lot of that, way different than in spain you know in spain actually it, it, like in spain we were the second or the third country in the world to actually legalize uh marriage equality but it was a different type of society you know we came from also a dictatorship and, and 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 we have gay role models, but it wasn't what it is here. Right. You know, here's right there in your face, right now, Spain is that for sure. But here we're talking since the '70s, since the '69, when everything stonewall happened. You know, so there's this sense of fight and defense from a good place to actually say, "This is who I am." Right. I've, it, it's interesting to hear you say that because as a gay American, I sometimes... Are you? <laughs> yeah. I sometimes Sorry, think that... No, you know, like growing up in the US, like... Where you grew up? It took me, well, I grew up in Pittsburgh okay. and that's where we are actually right now. But then I moved to New York when I was quite young. Um, but it took me a long time to feel comfortable and actually come out. Um so it's interesting to hear that point of view, but I guess when you see New York City, um, New York is, New York is sure. like that. So I guess my question, my next question is, what what was it like growing up in Spain for you personally? Coming out. Yeah, and coming out. Well, I grew up very Catholic. So of course, we came from that mother yeah. nature of country of where <laughs> religion, it is our first, second, and thirteen to eat every day. You know, and I still have a mother that is very religious and she's all the time sending me message of God every every day to actually protect me with the angels and whatever she believes on. Uh, with all due respect, for sure, for any listener that is very Catholic or not. Um, but I grew up very Catholic. So okay. um, I went to a Catholic uh, school, high school. So I grew up with a lot of shame, you know, and, and, and a lot of shame and a lot of... Um, insecurities towards who I was and and I believe that that applies not only in Spain that applies to any family uh, center when it comes with of course they don't like our parents don't are not pretending to have a gay son right away like it's very different from now you know and, and levels of sub, uh, acceptance you know so mm-hmm. I think uh, also the way of society here I'm all the time say that it should be fun maybe grow up here and not in Spain because here you have everything around you you know and if you find your tribe and if you find your freedom and if you actually secure yourself in a way of accepting yourself you can actually uh, have so many things around you they can they can provide you and allow you that growth you know mm-hmm. back in Spain uh, back in the, in the 90s you got that um visibility towards tv towards characters you know but it wasn't something that you you live every day in the street and that mm-hmm. causes 
time to get there, like everything, you know? Yeah. 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 I think it's interesting. You talk about shame and, and the gay culture. And I think that there's, you know, I, I used to be very passionate when I, when I was certainly in my twenties and like doing a lot of searching and self-discovery and, was so aware of the shame that was sort of embedded in me as a child, you know, to, to not be gay and to stay in the closet and, and, and how that shame continued to manifest itself, even as an adult, even after I came out. And, and so you do a lot of work in with LGBT charity company, uh, charity organizations, and, and especially just being sort of immersed in the gay culture. Do you, do you find that there are sort of general ways that we as an LGBT community continue to, to hold on to that shame or, or, or relive that shame in certain ways? Look, I actually was talking to someone today that is part of the campaign and um, uh, I'm doing a campaign called We Are Family with the Aliforni Center. The Aliforni Center um, advocates and help LGBTQ homeless youth. So they provide with shelter, with food, with resources to LGBTQ people that are kicked out of their homes, you know, or uh, they're in a really low situation. Um, and I was talking to her, Jay's uh, uh, Cannon, actually. Um, and we were talking about that, actually the shame of showing up, for example, you know, mm-hmm. the shame of actually say, hey, you know what, if we can take a little bit of the community of the cocoon that we're living in. We're living in a bubble of the time. We are surrounded by our friends, by the people in the work, by our network, and that's it. If we could just break that bubble and show up a little bit for the ones that we needed as well, or the ones that needed a voice, or the ones that needed to have a support system, at least an hour per week, and I'm not talking about money, and actually break that shame about it and about showing up because it's a shame that maybe we have with ourselves. We couldn't be a better and a bigger community, you know. Shame comes from any any type of way and the way that we grew up. I grew up with a mother that shamed me all the time because of the way that I'm dressed, and I wasn't trying to dress like a woman. I was just being myself and maybe using bright colors, and and that doesn't and that doesn't stop me to be in a shameless place all the time. Not even talking in high school or being bullied, any other gay cliche. We know that. Have been been there, done that, or just open Netflix and they're gonna show you all the cliches that we have lived through. <laughs> but it's about the shame, the shame of sex, for example, the shame of sexual interactions, so and everything related to that, you know. Um, so shame can comes in different ways. How you show up and how you do with it. Yeah. So yeah. I believe that if you you grow up here and you grew up with that sense of shame and actually sometimes you feel that first of all it's completely normal not a therapist not pretended to be i can be for sure but i am not (laughs) pretended to be at all but it's okay and one thing that i I learned with life or whatever so far is like whatever you're feeling it is okay right now so sometimes feeling shame about things it is okay just we need to just try to figure out why. I asked, for example, with the painful campaign with the Ali Forty Center, which I'm gonna bring both of you, by the way. Um, I I I ask people to actually give me videos, and we're the painful campaign with the Ali Forty Center is just provide with a support video that we show to these kids to say you're not alone, you're loved, you're worthy, and 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 we're here for you. You know, they they don't have anyone. 
And there's a lot of friends of mine that I they haven't show up because of the shame of showing up in the camera, what I'm going to say, or oh, I'm not into it, you know, or stuff like that. And I'm sure it's like, hey, you know what? Just read this speech. I'm going to be the teleprompter. You just read it. That's it. You know? No, we, no, we notice we, we a similar thing. There's a shame yeah. yeah, we we noticed the similar thing asking certain couples to come on just to call our podcast, podcast, which doesn't require any camera work at yeah. all. Um, but we noticed that like there's resistance around visibility, which is one of the reasons why we wanted to create the podcast was to be a visible yeah. couple because I think that there there were so few visible married couples in my childhood that successful were successful also couples because you guys are successful and you guys are I think twelve years together, which it feels like forty. <laughs> but uh Does that's like uh, that's no, but i feel like i am i mean 40, you don't look like 40. you don't look like don't get me wrong you're a very handsome white man not in but you don't look like however yeah we need that example we need that disability we need more couples like you we need more people like for example i'm an immigrant I'm not an American citizen, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to make a living here and work on my own as well. And I'm trying to learn so many different things as well. So we need that disability to mm-hmm. actually put the example of and yeah. break a little bit of the stigma to actually show up for a podcast. I'm not yeah. asking anything else, but maybe for you is is a lot, but we need to try to make and break that bubble. I was talking with Jay is actually um, Jay Scanning is a, is, is, a, is a great advocate about the LGBTQ rights. She was the one to bring me to the campaign. Also, she, she is HIV positive and transgender. Um, so I want to learn from her. And we were talking about actually that part of visibility that we need to break. And I was commenting, if I can break into this mainstream quotes, gay people that have a bigger following on social media, or they have a presence on social media, and I can make them interested about these kind of topics at least for one minute, or they can show up in, in different ways. That's a lot. That's huge. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. that that is a lot because these type of people maybe are there in their cocoons again, or they are just into secret parties or drugs or these type of uh, things. Uh, being there, done that. I'm not a saying it's okay. You do you, honey. It's it's okay, yeah. but you can do also a little bit better. So if you can break that and bring them on board for a minute, imagine what we can do for people that need it. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and I think I find if I find a voice uh, being in this stereotype of a gay person towards social media to look muscle or uh, being in a in this label, thirst traps or whatever you want to call it. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to feel ashamed of some things. And I'm going to use this on a favor of the ones. So if this, this is the image that I have and this is the audience that I have, okay, let's just grab it, educate you, and try to do better. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, so and war peace. I'm gonna write a book. I sound fantastic. Say yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. I mean, you are a you are a muscled yes. Spanish 
and yes. like hunk of a man. Yeah. And um and so what what have you learned about like the Instagram social media influencer culture as your following has grown? Like what is sort of your what did you wish you had known before you started getting all these followers? Um I have right away and then starting I wish I have a better understanding of my word that is not just my body. Mm. And I, and I'm being completely honest and I, I have no shame about it. Um, I built a following in the, in, in the beginning because I found through photography, a way of expressing myself. Uh, it was the first time in a long time, I, in a long time that I feel secure about the body that I have or the way I look. And I want to showcase that in the words of Giagon in drag race, I was feeling my odds. And I was just living my life, you know, and I, I, I was exploring an artistic way of photography towards, yeah, being in underwear or being shirtless. So I was talking with a friend, a good friend, uh, a very good uh, entertainer in New York called Shaquita Hall. Um, and I was talking with Shaquita having dinner and she said, you know, you're more than just a body. And that you can have more acceptance when you stop looking and acceptance of others just because the way you look. And I'm not talking about just what you're wearing. I'm talking that your values, not just your body. And for a long time, I believe that and actually try to switch that. Of course, we want attention, gay people, gay men. Of course, we want all the time a validation from social media for everyone because it's an easy validation, you know. And also, it's ego and it's narcissist, and and that's okay. It's natural in the human in the, in the human side, um, and and it's it's a very also addictive way to get validation that is not real. Um, but uh, in that moment, I start to realize that I needed to switch that things up. And I'm all the time feel that I wanted to, I, I want to advocate for my community. I just didn't know how. And once I moved to New York, actually, I received all this attention that, of course, in my country, I'm just a regular one. I'm another one, you know? Here, it's like, oh my God, who are you? Oh my God, this accent. And I'm like, what is going on with people right now? Um, so I was very overwhelmed in the beginning. I truly, truly, truly honest, I was very overwhelmed in the beginning. And then it was a process to find that voice and to find actually that I can do more and that I'm more than that and, and, and know you're, they're worth it more than just the way you look, you know? And that's completely okay. And I think that's that's the principal the principal thing that I've been learning about it. Nice. What um Worthy. so <laughs> how have you been dealing with you've been isolated this whole time? Have you yeah. been isolated? In New York? Yes. We I'm need to talk Brooklyn about it a little right bit. How have you been? Oh, you're in Brooklyn. How is your family in Spain? Did everyone, is everyone okay? Yeah, everyone is okay. I have family in Spain. I have family in Italy. I have family in Venezuela. Everyone is okay. Everyone is isolated in their self. Uh, thank God everyone is completely under control. No symptoms. And here in New York, I didn't just literally try to not get crazy and try not to eat the fridge every time that I walk to the kitchen. <laughs> so bad. It's Me like too. constant. 
me ice too. cream. I've, I've been eating ice cream like out of control. Hey, me too. And also, uh, I've been eating cookies, and uh, it's been a process. <laughs> but, when, but hey, it's okay. It's a process. We're all in this together. We're all all the gays are gonna get fat at the same time. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. Um, but yeah, I've been just doing that. I try to connect with um, a more creative side and try to figure out what else I can do being at home. Um, I started to I don't love Duolingo and I'm learning Italian. You know, I never learned Italian in my life and my nonna and my and my mother talks in Italian between them and I have no idea what they're saying. Um, so um, I'm doing that. I'm meditating more. I am trying to build a structure of a routine. Um, us there are, are very creative and you guys, for example, you guys are um, into a schedule of, of, of uh, shows and, 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 and a very structured way having nothing of that it can be also very weird and out of place you can feel out of place i don't know if you if, if that happened to you guys oh yeah yeah i mean i think every day we i mean we're okay with our schedule i mean it's not consistent it's not consistent i i luckily have some things that i teach regularly so that's like the one thing i kind of latch yeah, like on to yeah, I teach ballet online and I teach um, a personal training class online. So oh, that is scheduled. But beyond that, I don't you, have you might a lot actually of... like it. It's a ballet based. It's workout. a ballet based workout called Ballet Beautiful. Um, but beyond that, yeah, you should come. What are you doing for your workouts? Yeah, you're in great shape. Absolute nothing right now. Body I, mean, I have, uh, yeah, body weight. I have a couple of resistant bands. It's impossible to find dumbbells in this in this country right now with everything yeah. that is happening, like impossible. And then yeah. everyone wants to sell a, a couple of dumbbells for a thousand dollars, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but actually, I like getting to that point with uh, your workout, the type of workout that, you're, that I'm doing. One of my goals is be more flexible. So I've been mm. actually. Well, you should take this ballet. Down. Beautiful. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, I've been just sitting down every morning when I wake up 20, 25 minutes to stretch more. I'm a guy that you can see me and I can portray something, but I cannot even touch my feet. And that's not no bueno. <laughs> so that needs to change. Yeah, that does need to change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the ballet part intrigues me because you need to be, you need to stretch and you need very, a lot of flexibility that I don't have. So mm -hmm. I'm very into it. So let's talk about that. Yeah, about yeah, that this would after. be fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can yeah. learn from you because because I don't I don't have any other background as well like performing like you guys. You know, right? Yeah. Well, I was gonna say the thing about structuring time is really right now is we've been kind of winging it, and I ended up um, I have a side business as a coach, so I coach a life coach. So I'm coaching actors right now and trying to help actors get through this time. And um, so that's kept me really busy. It's not necessarily like an income producing activity because actors aren't making any money right now. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a great way to support the community and help people through this. And so I started this thing called the secure actor project and, um, and that's been keeping me really busy. Yeah. And then trying to work out when I get the motivation and, <laughs> That's the fun. That's the key. Okay, keyword motivation. Like besides Normani playlist and 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 Spotify motivation, it's not out the sun. How do you find the motivation to work out? Because for example, 
you guys like are going to work out and you have a class. Yeah. Fine. You have to do it no matter what. But yeah. sometimes you need to like, I don't know where people find motivation. I go to the park sometimes to work out when I shoot them, but it, with my six feet of separation, <laughs> don't go after me. Um, and I see these people working out and jumping, etc. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, you know what? I just want to eat a whole pint of ice cream. Just don't stand up. <laughs> the I motivation s- is hard. I mean, the nice thing about some of the online teaching is that since it's online, I find that I have to demonstrate like the entire time. And if I don't, um, a lot of times people will stop or they don't know what to do. So it is good. So I'm forced to kind of do it the whole time. But when it comes down to it, like when you teach, it's not the same thing as doing because you don't get the same thing out of it because you're talking and you're worrying about whether they're doing it or not. You know, Did you so, feel we are doing it alone on your living room? Yes. So <laughs> it's definitely been like, um, a tr- like it's definitely progressed. Like in the beginning, I was definitely very sad by everything that was happening in the beginning, especially. And when I would teach online, I was like putting all of this energy and like doing all this, you know, but like when you don't get, it's that instant gratification, right? Like I'm used to, you're used to performing or you're used to teaching and human interaction and like what you get from being with people. It's not the same as on a screen. So like you, it's, I'm using all of this energy, but I'm not getting the same thing back. And I I remember telling you this one night, you were like, how was it? And I was like, well, I mean, it was good, but I feel so sad right now. I feel yeah. sad. Like, cause I have to like keep up this positive image. It can be a very lonely place. Yeah. It's weird. It was, it's, it's, it can be weird. I mean, for the most part at the, at the moment, it's okay, but you know what we've, um, what, what's been a good motivator is TikTok. It's TikTok. Honestly. Oh my God. I mean, it's, I cannot get into it. We love it. it. We saw I'm that so you have one that video. I I've been, yeah, I've been, I've been seeing you guys and I'm like, I cannot get into it, but I could do it, but I'm not. Well, let me see if I can sell you on it. Let yeah. me see if I can sell, okay, cool. sell about it. It has to be it very, be- very, very easy. It becomes like this creative challenge to be like, okay, what's um, what, like we did a Paul Abdul, like we love Paul Abdul, right? So we we're like, what if we recreate, you know, a, some of her choreography from one of her videos? And it was so hard. So then it challenges us to like <laughs> dance and move around. But then you get the gratification of other people seeing it by posting it on TikTok and getting people like the, that you would normally get from like a group class or something. You get so that not gratification. Not only that, also it's a, another platform to make money because TikTok has been around for a long time and out of nowhere last year just kick off and now everyone is doing it. It's just a lot of work also. Like you need to <laughs> learn the choreography and then cut. Let me tell you, I tried to do the Britney Spears one because I'm a very Britney Spears fan. We got to talk about that. Yes. Yeah. Take it or leave it. And um, I literally spent at least like three or four hours with my best friend, Rocco, trying to figure it out. First of all, the choreography. Second of all, how to use TikTok, where to find the audio, how to cut it. Yeah. Like how it's to hard. post it. Yeah. It was a minute. I just, I was exhausted. On the end of the the uh, of the of the recording, I'm like, you know what? Let's just post this, and that's it. I just don't give up anymore. I'm well, like, well, you can't try to keep up with other people and what they're doing because it looks like some people are doing like eight hours a day for one yeah. video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just try to do like, although the the, the, know, Paul, Abdul, the Paul Abdul one was tricky because 
we used part of a song without getting the sound from TikTok. And then oh, they have okay. copyright. There's copyright. And Ooh. so we used that part of the song. And then when we posted it. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> hey, but it, this is good. It's, it's this a is whole good thing. It's a whole thing. People can listen. That is a whole thing. And actually, there's people creative for it. There's people that are like quick on it. And good for you. And I see someone. I think um, there's a person that I follow on Instagram. And he got TikTok. I, I think it's John Philippe. Um, and oh, he got John such Phil, a yeah. beautiful, yeah. And he got such a beautiful TikTok, and I'm like, how the hell he does that? And how they cut it, how they change the clothes in a click, etc. And I cannot imagine the work behind it. Is that well, the that's the tank top? That's the guy who he lives in like Tribeca with his roommate Olivia. Um, yeah, and yeah, and I think Shout she out helped to you, him because she's gorgeous and she's he's gorgeous. gorgeous. And they're roommates, and I think they're both really good content creators. And it looks and... fun. It looks, it looks fun. Yeah. I have my friend in LA, Dexter Mayfield, and he's a plus-size model and a dancer. And he's all the time creating choreographies for with Dua Lipa Sons. It looks super fun. It's just like, Wait, you what's know his what? name? I'm gonna... Dexter Mayfield. I'm going to send it to you. He yeah, is... because there's this other guy, Luis. I love his choreography. Like, and It's just like a fun challenge and also like a creative outlet at the same time. And it's it was getting us, especially this oh, first... Oh, in New York when we were in the city. Those first two weeks in New York, we were so depressed. It was like a way to get us get outside. outside. <laughs> we would go to like Tompkins Square Park. We did this one dance to a number from Rent, the musical. Which one? We did um, Love You Bohem. Oh, my God. Okay, so you Rent watch is it. my favorite musical. Right. Well, this video like went viral. It's done. Like, has it's, done well. It's like 150,000 <laughs> views or something. Oh my and... god. Let's make some money with this. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, this is fun. So, we've gotten a little bit addicted to TikTok. That's been a nice little outlet and motivator if anyone's looking for like a little bit of that. I mean, I have a hard t- I do have a hard time getting my butt to work out right yeah, now. Same. And I think we just all have to be easy on ourselves and not be Yes. It's just, it's all going to, it's all an evolution. I think we're all still processing, processing what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think in the beginning, for example, for me, it took me like two, three weeks to actually adjust. And it was a very overwhelming process, you know, to actually yeah. not have the structure or, or, or uh, for example, in terms of workout, I'm a very gym guy. If you take me yeah. out of the gym, I have no idea who I am. So yeah. when I get, like, I bought like a couple of resistance bands in Amazon, when Amazon was delivering actually in two days and not like 12, um shade to amazon <laughs> and yeah. i didn't know what to what to do and sometimes it's just hard you know and and then there's this the psychological part of like oh my god i'm shrinking oh my god i'm losing weight oh my god i'm gaining weight um yeah. and that's a, 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 a mindset you know and and i think the mindset is worse when you're gay <laughs> <laughs> because it's a lot of pressure, you know, and we're living in a very physical world that is just mm-hmm. with appearance. But yeah, we just need to calm down and chill out uh, because we're in this together and it's just a process that is just taking day by day and, and, and with where we're living in isolation also and the virus itself is something that you are learning day by day. day, to day. That's right. That's right. I want so to ask you... How about the time? Tell me. Wait, so the Britney thing. <laughs> no. How did that start? Uh, I just love Britney Spears. Uh, since like my, 1998? My, since 1998 when she released Baby One More Time or I think before. Uh, 
Uh, well, Britney has been since the Mickey Mouse Club. Did you watch the Mickey Mouse Club? I don't. It was, the Mickey oh. Mouse Club wasn't a thing back in Spain. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, Somebody said this the other day. I don't know if it was like on a TV show. And they were like, do you follow Britney Spears on Instagram? And we were like, yes. And they were like, she's either doing really great or really terrible. <laughs> How do hey, you think she's doing right now? How do you think she's doing? She's fine. I talked to her. She's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I think she's fine too, but... Just leave her alone. I mean, she's completely fine. Everyone was complaining about her Instagram and how crazy Cuckoo was because she was like posting a photo, deleting it, and then posted it the next day again or posting four photos. And now, uh, listen, honey, we're living the same situation. We're trapped in the house and we're doing the same exact thing as Britney Spears. We maybe post a photo and then delete it because maybe we're in the park or we feel shame or whatever and then we post yeah. it again because we feel bad or maybe we're trapped in the same house in the same walls posting the same the same background, the same plan. So just don't go after me, Britney Spears. I came the sassy part about it. I just love the, it. Yeah, I love it. And I love I love alone. Brittany. I was obsessed with Brittany because she was from Louisiana and I grew up near Louisiana. Louisiana. I'm oh, from sure. Southeast Texas. Oh, and so I remember you're a just very starter white boy. Yes. And I remember Incorrect. like I'm very and and then I remember thinking, wow, if she can make it from Louisiana, I can make it too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And and hey. back to my my nickname in college was Brett. Oh, right. Brett was Brettany Spears. <gasps> oh my God! You and I, you, you, we need to be friends, guys. <laughs> Seriously. And then okay. once this is over, this is a public promise. We're going to do a Britney Spears TikTok together. Yes. It's yeah, 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 yeah. It's I'm dropping on. it. It's happening. It is on. You'll be yeah. so flexible by then. Yeah, taking his class. We'll be <laughs> making you flexible. Your leg will be like. You'll be like kicking your I'll face. Be, I'll, I'll be 2002 Britney. <laughs> when You'll she be in was that something. red unitard. You'll be in that red unitard and oops, I did it again. Uh, I'm into it. Epic <laughs> performance, by the way. Yeah, I think, I think. I mean, it's, it's more than pop culture itself. I think the thing that I respect with, with Britney itself, first of all, um, music takes me to a very good place and music takes me to a happy place. And sometimes when I'm down, when I'm sad, when I'm bored, when I'm mad, I just go to that music that makes me unplug. Britney is one of those. And the Spice Girls is the other one. So, yes, I am very gay. Um, and then with Britney, it's what also she was been through, you know? Uh, the fact of, of the breakdown back in 2006, 2007, and the fact of recover from that came from the ashes and released another record in 2008 in a row after a comeback, it's just like she went down and crashed in front of the, everyone, in front of the world. And Literally she went back on up MTV. in yeah. front of everyone as well, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it, it, we're talking about someone that tried to kill herself. We're talking about so, that someone that lost her kids. We're talking about someone that right now in this day, while you and I, you guys are talking with me, cannot access to her bank account, but it was able to travel the world and sell and sold all arenas two years yeah. ago and, and have a very successful Vegas uh, re uh, residency. So we're talking about a human part that is like, you know what, this is the, 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 the true American dream and how you fall and then you back up, but actually how um, corrupted is the system as well when you just need to take advantage of a product.
Yeah. So yeah, I'm a stand of Britney. Like, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It lights you up. It does light you up. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna transition into a segment that we do every episode that we call Spotlight on Love. Now, are you currently a single man? I am. Oh. All right. So y'all check him out on Instagram. So go to his Instagram. (laughs) No. Um. So, because we, but you've you've been in long term relationships before. I did. Yes, I was. If that was, you get it. You were. Yeah. What's the longest relationship you've been in? Uh, it's uh, my longest relationship was four years and a half. Okay. And and my uh, the last relationship that I have was two years and a half. Yeah, two years and a half. Three, two and a half years. So ago. those are those are long term relationships. Those are numbers. Yeah. They're not twelve, yeah. but well, hey, it comes in. Hey, time flies when you're having fun. Hey. Okay, so we so we want you to recall like those when you've been dating. Yeah, when you have been in those relationships, because somebody wrote us and asked us, "How do you?" So we want you you to give advice to this listener who said, "How do you start difficult conversations?" When you don't want to have them, but you know you have to. How do you start them? Um, I, I'm, I'm going to reply that from learning from these relationships. I'm going to reply from still in the process to learning, actually, to have those. Because when I was in those relationships, I was one of the ones that I didn't know how to have those conversations um, because I was too caught up in my own defense mode of see me, I'm worthy, I'm value enough, you know, and sometimes we need to have a strong conversation. So of, of, of in, in terms of anything towards the relationship, it could be communication, it could be sex, it could be uh, trust, it can be a lot of things that are implying a relationship. I would say first, show up with kindness. Um, and and try to remove yourself for from that situation in that moment. Like show up with kindness and and and, and try to figure out also how how your partner can feel, and then try to be an adult. Uh, I wasn't an adult, and I react so many times that I try to have those conversations or, or, or those hard conversations, and then when I I hear something that I didn't like. I react or the person that I love hears something that he wasn't expecting. He reacts. And then it was, it was a tornado of emotions, you know? Uh, So I'll say, remember to show up with kindness and remember to actually why you're sitting down and why you love. And if you can remember, remember that and remember, I I, sometimes I, I like to say that it's not just love, it's loyalty that is beyond. So if you can, have that in common and have that present, you can actually put something on the side and actually sit down and say, hey, do you know what? I have this. How we can show up better and how we can do this together. It's not my responsibility to help you maybe or to fix it, but maybe you can help me go through it. Um, That's good. I love so that. if you can be kind to yourself, be kind with the person that you are and be and be humble, you know, and know that you can, you guys can like make it. Um, I think it's a way of difference to actually also know what your boundaries are, 
And it caused me relationship. It caused me troubles. It caused me mistakes. It caused me um, uh, arguments because it's a process. You, you don't know that. And if you don't know, actually try to find with a therapist or try to find to talk with someone that actually can guide you to canalize those feelings. Um, because I I didn't have a clue and I found help, but at the same time, uh, it's something that you go and 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 the same time that is happening, and it's a process to know you in those moments as well. So when people like you guys told me, "Hey, we have been together twelve years," I'm like, "Hey, bow down," because it can be it can be a lot in a good way, you know, to handle those situations, and also it is such a a wonderful thing to find a match for yourself and someone that can accept you, respect you, adore you, and be loyal towards you no matter what. And that requires a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And having those deep, those tough conversations are required. Yeah. I think are necessary. I completely are, necessary. Are, are the yeah. base of that because, hey, you know what? I'm not happy with this or how you can show up in this part. Or, hey, I'm going through this lack of, I don't know, motivation or this lack of trust. So it's hard to ask your partner as well to understand you, to make your partner remove himself from whatever he's feeling in that situation to make you validate and acknowledge what you're feeling so we can work. I feel like you're our therapist else. right now. Dude, it's been two years in therapy. <laughs> I am telling you, I can be and I'll be good at it. <laughs> okay. Last thing I want to ask you um before we before we leave, because that was awesome advice. Yeah, that was awesome advice. Um, what's the last Broadway show you saw before the shutdown? Do you the remember? what? I'm sorry. The last Broadway show that you got to see before the shutdown. Um Moulin Rouge. What'd you think? I watched it three times. Oh, wow. It was That's incredible. Fun. And actually, just like different friends that, hey, I got this extra, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we didn't still haven't seen it. Yeah, we still haven't seen it. Oh, my God. It is blow mind. It uh... is incredible. It is such a powerful, high up energy show. Really well put together. The choreography, the ensemble, the cast the stage itself and the energy, especially the cast. I saw the last time that I went to Broadway before the showtime with um, Karen Olivo, that is actually the the principal role, the main character for Mm -hmm. Satine. We have, of course, an ensemble that in case that Karen cannot go, you have the backup. But I saw it with her and I I can tell you that I went in a roller coaster emotion when I was laughing. I was up, of course, Moulin Rouge is a very, if you saw the movie, it's a very sexual also energy with the cabaret and, and the burlesque part. And then I was crying. It was a journey and it was a beautiful journey to watch. Also the music, it is splendid. And it's I'm pretty marvelous. sure there's some Britney Spears in there. Too, yeah, isn't right? there some Britney Spears? It is. And I was so glad when that happened. I'm sorry, I covered, my, I covered my microphone. But I was so, so impressed. So my best friend took me for the very first time. And, and he already saw the show, but he was like, I just wanted to bring you just to see your face when the toxic part comes in. Because <laughs> there's a part when it's toxic happening, they have like a really cool mashup to open the second act. 
not I'm not saying spoilers. You can listen to the soundtrack. <laughs> and there's a cool mashup between Lady Gaga, um, Toxic by Britney Spears. I think um, I think Pink. I don't know. I, I, I don't have it right there, but I feel like a kid. Uh, it's such a good incredible show. So you guys are gonna the, enjoy it. Yeah. Is that is that the first thing you want to see when Broadway opens back up? No, I can't wait to go and, and explore other shows as well. Okay. Uh, you guys need to guide me in that part. I'm a really, right. I'm not a fan of Broadway. I just love it, and I'm enjoying. Rand is my favorite musical of all time. I'm not a, I'm not a fan in the terms of like, oh my god, there's a new musical. I have to go. Right, um, right. But I love going to musicals. Nice. Love them. Well, we'll take. So we good, have that homework. Yeah, to we will together. guide we you in the right good way. Care of you. Yes. Take me that. <laughs> I am completely yours. Yes. Well, you are just a beautiful spirit inside yeah. and out. I'm so glad Thank we you. got to finally meet you and talk to you. Everyone, go follow Carlos Brandt on Instagram. Your handle is at Carlos Brandt. Yes, sir. And, and yeah, dear queer, dear queer, dear queer people podcast. Where do people find that? Uh, you see, you get trouble saying it. Imagine myself that I am—I I have this accent. It's, tongue, it's a tongue twister. It's a moment. It's a moment. I'm telling you, it's a moment. It really is. It's a moment. Sometimes it's like, I'm saying deer, but I, I say sometimes that I feel like deer, that like the animal, you know, like a deer. <laughs> yeah, deer. Yes. Uh, it's a moment. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you guys can <laughs> you guys can listen, dear group people, in all social uh, streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts. Uh, you just type Dear Queer People and it's just an exploration of what it feels to be LGBTQ plus in a world that is changing every day. And we just have a little kiki with guests and it feels like a conversation with friends. So you can listen there. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you, Carlos. Guys, thank you so much for this. I really appreciate you. I admire you. I adore you. We got TikToks to do. We got uh, yes. other classes to do. And we yes. got a lot of things to do after this quarantine. Thank you so much for doing this and to provide for this platform. I'm very grateful and I appreciate you a lot. Thank you. Thank you. And to everyone listening, don't forget to love who you love. And love what you do. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.